looking at the 13th chapter of the book of Genesis. There are a few verses of Scripture that I would like to read. Good to see everyone here today. Glad that you are with us. I will uh, do my best to let the Lord use me and minister to you so you will not regret having been in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Genesis 13, verse number 14. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto Abram, After that lot was separated from him, lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it, for I will give it thee. And Abram removed his tent, came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. Say to your neighbor, if you see it, say to your neighbor, if you see it, now say it like I would say it, okay? Thank you. Come here, Madison. That's very good. Come here. Come, quickly, come here. I'm proud of you. You had a birthday a week or two ago, and it's finally taking 23 years later. Say it like I would say it. <laughs> if you see it. There you go. Walk toward it. All right, tell your neighbor, walk toward it. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. If you see it, if you see it, walk toward it. Amen. Amen. This story of uh, the separation of Abram and Lot is a familiar one, but for the sake of those who may not know the surrounding events leading up to our text today, I want to take a few moments and uh, explain to you what was going on. There was a call of God that came to this man, Abram. A call that really brought him out of a place of comfort into what appeared, at least from his perspective, into a, a life or a journey, a pursuit of arriving in a destination that God had chosen for his life. So Abram responds to that call of God and he begins his, his journey to the place that God had designed. Interestingly enough, in the story, he did not travel alone. Abram made this journey, and uh, in the trip, he took with him family members. One family member was a nephew, his nephew by the name of Lot. Lot trusted 
that Abram had heard from God and they were going to a a better place, if you will, and, and Lot joined in with his uncle they began to, to travel to a place that neither one really sure of. Along the way, they were blessed and they were increased and what they had began to multiply. And the Bible tells us the story of how the herdsmen of Lot and the herdsmen of, of Abraham began to... Uh, quarrel with one another. They had a contention over the amount of land and uh, where they were and how they would be sustained because what Abram had and what Lot had in their livestock and in their possessions was increasing and it was growing and, and there wasn't enough water, there wasn't enough grass, there wasn't enough place for the livestock to feed and to stay. And so the herdsmen began to quarrel back and forth and it came to Abram and Lot that something needed to be done, that they could no longer dwell together because of the pressure of the growth that had had come to them. That kind of, I know it sounds like a challenging situation, but on the other hand, it sounds kind of good to get to the place that you have so much you don't know what to do with it all. Amen. Many people live in lack and they learn how to deal with lack, but they don't really know when God starts turning things in your favor how to handle the blessings that are too big. Too much, and so uh, they decided that 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 something needed to be done, or uh, war would ensue out of this quarrel, and uh, they did not want to uh, end in a difficult situation of hating one another. But uh, they would do something. So Abram said to Lot, Lot. Uh, choose whatever direction you want to go. Choose the way that you would like to travel and, and uh, you, you make the choice and whatever is left, I'll go that direction. You take your herdsmen, you take your cattle, you take your livestock, you take everything that you have and go in whatever direction that you choose and, and I will go in the direction that is left. And so the Bible tells us the story of how this came to pass and the separation was made. And then we get to the text that I read to you found in Genesis 13, 14. And the Lord said unto Abram after that Lot was separated from him. I want you to see... Uh, how this plays out. God did not speak to him specifically these words before the separation, during the separation, but it came after the separation. The Lord said to him, after that lot was separated from him, lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art. These are, these are powerful words when you consider there was a separation that had just taken place in a family. There were, there, there, there were many emotions that, that, were, that, were, that were transpiring in the mind and in the heart and in the life of both Abram, Lot, 
and all of their families and people that were with them. They had been in unity. They had been traveling together. Everything seemed like it was working out. It was great. They were being blessed. They were headed toward a destination that God had chosen for them. Life was good. And then all of a sudden... The, the bottom fell out and now it's challenging and they're emotional and they're weeping and they're trying to deal with the pain that they're no longer together and, and there's this separation and you can see it, you can see it in uh, those first few lines of the 14th verse when God said to him, first thing, after the separation, in the middle of the pain, all of the emotions that are transpiring, the first thing God said to him was, lift up your eyes. It was telling us that, that, that Abram was not seeing all that God was seeing. Abraham was focused on the situation at hand. He was most likely looking down. And that's what happens when we're overwhelmed with emotion, when families are separating, when problems are rising, and, and you want it to be different, but it's not. Then, then you look down. You're trying to just get through. And God said to him, Lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art. Right where you are, Abraham, I'm telling you, lift up your eyes and start looking. And, and, and he instructs him to the north, the south, the east, and the west. For all the land which thou seest to thee will I give it. He's saying, you thought by giving your nephew the option to choose first that there would be nothing left for you. And you were okay with that because we know in families that many times we want to acquiesce. We want to uh, let someone else have the better, if you will. Abraham was there. He said to Lot, you pick whatever you want and I'll take what is left. And he's overwhelmed in that, but he was willing to do it. He's looking down. He's trying to figure out how am I going to survive? Is there anything left for me? And God said, look up. Lift up your eyes and start looking right now in every direction. Not just in one direction, but look in every direction. And everything you see, I'm going to give it to you. And not just you, but I will give it to your seed forever. I love this. It, because it's in the most difficult times of life that there is possibility to lift up our eyes and see something better in our tomorrow. To see something better in our future. To see something that is completely different than what I'm going through right now. If God has anything to do with it. Amen. Amen. So here he is looking around and the Bible lets us know that God was not going to leave him in the state of his dilemma. Huh. Tell your neighbor, God's not going to leave you where you've been. 
Amen. Amen. Did you, did you say it in a convincing way? God is not going to leave you. where Maybe you want them to be left there. I don't know. But don't, don't hate on everybody in the church today. Love each other and say, God's not going to leave you where you've been. Amen. It, you're trying to encourage them today that, that, you know, as a pastor, I want you to be encouraged. You're helping me today. Encourage them. Don't make it worse for them Things are about to change. Amen. God, God is not going to leave you in the place of your dilemma. He has a plan. It is a divine plan. It is a plan that is already promised if you'll look up and get up and step out and start walking in spiritual confidence. You're going to see things like you've never seen before. And so the Bible tells us uh, and I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it, the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Then Abram removed his tent. He came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, oh, and built there an altar unto the Lord. Amen. The great things of God come to pass along our God-led journey. See, we want God to bring things to pass without us doing much. But I want to tell you that the great things of God come to pass in our lives as we are living out a God-led journey. Amen. Can't just sit where you are. Stay where you are. Keep the same perspective uh, that you've always had and say, well, it's going to change. No, there, there is a process in all of this that if you want the divine things of God to play out in your life, it will play out as you get up and take your journey. Amen. Not, not just stay where you are. And the first thing that I, I want us to see, and this is where it begins, is you have to see it. You have to see something better than what you've been looking at. You, you've got to get your eyes up off of the ground where it's been and say, like, like the Scripture tells us, God said to him, start looking around you north, south, east, and west. I want you to see it. All the land that you see right now, Abraham, I'm going to give it to you, and not just to you, but let me increase your faith. He said, I'm going to give it to your seed. A seed that had not even produced. A seed that had not even come about. A seed that was not even in play yet in the picture. But God, amen, was promising him something here when he said, lift up your eyes and start seeing what I'm seeing. Tell your neighbor, say, that's where it begins. I want to challenge you. Start visualizing, amen, your future being different than your present. Start visualizing things are changing. Things are getting better. Things are going to work out. Things are coming together. God is going to do something. He said, lift up your eyes. If you don't see it first, you'll never walk in it or possess it. You have to see it. You have to see it. Amen. You have to see it. I found this out a long time ago in... 
uh, various activities that I've been involved in as far as sports and the outdoors are concerned. You have to see the shot before you ever take the shot. You, you, you have to see the hit before you ever get the hit. You, you have to see the punch before you ever take the punch. You have to see those things. You have to start visualizing them. It, it has to be something that uh, has already taken place in your mind if you're going to succeed in whatever it is. And so, uh, not please understand, this is not from a perspective of the flesh. But when we talk about the things of God, we're talking about seeing things in the eyes of the Spirit and from a position of faith that it looks tough right now. It feels difficult right now. But by faith, I'm going to start seeing things different. I'm going to start looking at things different. He said, Abram, lift up your eyes from the place that you're in right now. You're not going to move locations and start seeing things different. You have to see it where you are right now. Well, if I can move, if I can travel, if I can change jobs, if I can get a new companion, if I can whatever it may be, I, and then everything will start working out. It's, it's not going to happen that way. It doesn't happen that way. He said, lift up your eyes from where you are right now. Start seeing it in through the tears of your nephew that just left. Start seeing it through the blurred eyes and, and red eyes of all of the emotions that you've been carrying as you watched him travel off with all of his possessions and all of his uh, belongings and, and you feel lonely and you have to look from your place of loneliness. You have to look from your place of grief. You have to look from your place of loss. You have to look from your place of wishing it was different, wishing it had changed, wishing it had turned around. Look from that. Not I'll move, I'll change, I'll get to a different land, and then I'll see things different. No, you have to see it from the place of your greatest suffering. And if you don't see it at that place, you'll never have it. Amen. I've heard the stories of people that, that, that have lived in situations that were grave and sad and overwhelming, but they, they see something different about their life. They, they're, they're not in that addiction. They're not in that surrounding of pain. They're not in that. And they start seeing something. God help us to start seeing with the eyes of faith that this isn't where He wants us to be. He said, lift up your eyes, Abram. Start looking from the place that you're in right now. Look every direction, north, south, east, and west. I will give you that land. I will not only give it to you, I will give it to your seed after you. We have to believe before it ever changes that God has already promised it to us. Before it ever comes to pass, God has already said, it is a possibility in my situation. Amen. I read in Romans 4, verse number 13, just going through in preparation for preaching today. This, this a series of verses in Romans 4.13, it says, For the promise that He should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham 
or to his seed through the law. It was coming to him through what? The righteousness of faith. That he would be an heir. That God was going to bless him. That his seed after him would be blessed. It would not happen because it was decreed by law or put into effect in that earthly way. But it would happen to him and through him through his righteousness of faith. Look at your neighbor and say, start seeing through the eyes of faith. It can change everything. It can change everything. Whether it's been decreed, whether it's a law, whether it's written and sealed or not, if you have faith, your situation can change. But you have to look up from where you are and start seeing it differently. Differently. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void. Huh. And the promise made of none effect. Because the law worketh wrath. For where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham. So the Bible said it's not just to his natural seed by law, but it's to everyone who has the faith of Abraham. Can I preach to you for a moment and say if you want your situation to change, God will allow it to change because you reach back and get the faith of Abraham when you are in a situation of grief, you're in a situation of loneliness, there's separation and hurt, but you lift up your eyes in that moment and you begin to look with the eyes of faith saying, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I believe God is going to cause it to happen. The faith of Abraham turns our situation. The faith of Abraham breaks us out of those places of struggle. God give us the faith of Abraham. Amen. Who is the father of us all? As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God who quickened the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. He was saying to Abraham, just lift up your eyes and it hasn't happened, but you just start calling it forth and you start living and walking in what I've already determined for your life. Calling those things. Amen. Calling those things which be not as though they were. Who against hope believed in hope? that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, somebody shout faith. Being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what He had promised, 
He was able also to perform. And therefore it was imputed to Him for righteousness. His faith made Him right. Amen. And I know we're talking about this miraculous turn of events of uh, that seed actually coming forth. But before it ever took place, He was standing in a place of grief and separation. And sometimes God works us into our greatest day of the miraculous. See, before this ever happened, that the writer is referencing, Paul is talking, before this ever happened, fathering this child at such an elderly age, before this ever happened, there was a test in a valley. There was a test in a land. There was a test when God said to him, Abram, before the covenant had ever been made, before his name had ever been changed, before things took a drastic turn and dramatic turn of event, God said, I want to see if you can look in this situation and trust me with this because if you can pass this test, there's a bigger one coming. And if I can get you through some of these things, when you get there, it will be no problem for you then. You will believe that I will show up at that point of your life just like I've shown up at this point of your life. So it was simple. He said, lift up your eyes. Maybe that's what God's saying to some of us today. Before you ever get to that greatest miracle, maybe God's just seeing if you have enough faith just to lift your eyes where you are right now. Just to lift your eyes in the situation of the bad report you received. Or the news that came to you. Or, 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 or everything around you that seems to be changing right now. After looking at, at life, if you will, from, from this divine view, the next thing that God said to him was, Now, arise. God didn't say, get up and start walking until he was convinced that Abraham had already started seeing things different. I found if you don't see things differently, getting up and walking can get you into more trouble. Because you just keep making wrong decisions. Just keep making bad decisions. Well, at least I'm trying. No, you're, you're not being wise and you're trying. You know, there's something that, 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 that needs to dawn on you. You just don't keep doing the same thing just for the sake of, at least I'm active, at least I'm, at least I'm busy. Yeah, but you're getting in more challenging situations, in more difficult situations. God said to him, once he was convinced that Abraham was going to look at all of that around him, he said, now arise and start walking through the land and everywhere that you go in the length and breadth of this, I'm going to give it to you. He first had to see it before he started walking in it. I'm preaching to someone today that you have to start seeing it. And at the moment you start seeing it in faith, God will call you to rise up and start walking it in it in faith. Before you ever see that situation in your life, before you ever experience that changing, you have to see it changing. And when you start seeing it change, then you can get up and start walking in the change. Amen. He said, get up. This is interesting because there's a story in 2 Kings, the 7th chapter, and it's uh, the first several verses that I'm looking at reading to you today. 
Uh, It says, Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of flour be sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes. You're going to see this thing turn around. But shall not eat thereof. And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate. And they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? The situation was bad. There was famine in the land. The siege had come, if you will. And there was no... uh, There was no basic economics uh, coming and going and things happening in the city. And so it looked as though life had come to an end and uh, they would surely be lost. And outside of the city you have four leprous men and, and, and if it's bad in the city, imagine how bad it was outside of the city when there are men that are living on uh, the handouts of people in the city and they have nothing to give. And these men are saying, why sit we here till we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. Now therefore come and let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. And they rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. You have four men. No weapons, no provisions, no armor, no help, no assistance, no promise, nothing. Setting in a situation where if we go in the city, there's famine in the city and we'll die. If we stay right here, we'll die. But there's an enemy that has caused this to come about, the Syrians, and they're just over there with horses and chariots and tents and food and wealth and livelihood, and they're just a distance away. So why are we just going to sit here until we die? Let's get up and go and just see what happens. If they save us alive, we live. If they kill us, we die. But if we sit here, we're going to die anyway. Some people are sitting in places where the only hope you have is to get up and start doing something. 
You stay there, you'll die. God said, Abram, lift up your eyes and start looking around you. And arise and start walking in this land. You thought your nephew took the best of the best. You thought there was no room left for you. You graciously gave him that choice. And now you have nothing, but you forgot that I'm on your side. And if you'll get up and start walking, I'll give you this land right now. If you see it, Walk toward it. Hallelujah. If you see it, walk toward it. Don't just talk about it. Don't just rehearse it. Get up and do something about it. And so the Bible tells us that these four leprous men headed toward in the twilight the Syrian army. And the Bible said when they got to the camp, there there, there wasn't an army there at all. In fact, the army that was there heard what they thought was a coming together of several armies and they heard horses and they heard chariots and they heard a host of marching military men. They heard something different from four leprous men walking across the valley. See, when God steps in and you start walking, I promise you, something great beyond your wildest imagination is going to begin to happen. The Bible said that they, the lepers, began to move in the twilight and the Bible said the army heard it in the twilight and started running. Before they ever saw the men, God had already turned the situation. At the moment they decided to get up, God had already provided the victory. I'm I'm preaching to you today. If you can see it, start walking toward it because God wants to give it to you. God wants to provide you with something beyond what you have ever seen. So some people are dying because of a lack of activity or inactivity. Amen? Simply thinking that God is going to change their situation. Well, God will change it. God will do it. God's going to... And all the time, all the while, He's been waiting on us just to get up and start walking. Well, God's going to do it. He said, get up and start walking. Get up and start doing something. Get up and start walking in faith. And let this change. The enemy fled when the leprous men started walking. And so not only do we need to see it, but when we start seeing it, we need to start walking in it. Amen. We see, uh, we see our life delivered. We see our life free of addiction. But some won't get up and quit the addiction. They go back to the same people, hang out on the same corner, fellowship with the same people, run to the same favorite bar, go to the same... Quit going to the place where you know your temptation is. The Bible said, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Well, God's going to run the devil off. God's going to take care of it. He said, submit to God and resist, and then the devil will go. Well, I, I just, I, 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 I'm, I'm in a better state hanging out with people who drug you down last time. I'm in a better state saying the same thing, walking around, talking, using the same language, same conversation, same mindset. It'll never change for you. You have to change your mind, change your life, change your friends, change your... Well, I don't... Well, 
Start learning to like. I don't like those kind of places. Learn to like them. Because the last place that you liked got you in so much trouble, you need to start hating those things and start loving the things of God. Amen. I've told you stories before, and, I, and, 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 and I'm going to tell this story and move on. But I remember literally taking clothes that I had on that reminded me of a bar room that I went to and threw them away because I decided that reminds me too much of where I once was. Was it unholy? Was it ungodly? I don't think any of that matters, all of that. You do what you want to. And if you make it, I'll see you over there. And if you don't make it, good riddance. I literally took clothes that reminded me of things and said, no, I don't need these anymore. Sometimes you have to get up and start walking different. Not thinking, well, I'm just going to have all this extra energy and power and I'm going to be so strong that not... No, you still are in the flesh and you are still a human being. And the people that tripped you up last time still have the ability to trip you up this time. And so you have to start walking in a different way. He said, if you'll get up and start walking in a land that I want to give you, you not only will you possess this, but your seed after you will possess this. I'm giving it all to you. Dr. C. George Borey wrote this, perception, he said, seeing, hearing, touching, smelling, tasting, feeling, the position of joints and the tension of muscles, balance, temperance, temperature, pain, begins with the stimulation of sensory neurons. Now that doesn't mean anything to you and you're trying to figure out what I was even talking about. Each sense involves highly involved cells which are sensitive to a particular stimuli. Pain receptors respond to certain chemicals produced when tissues are damaged. Touch receptors involve cells with hairs which when bent cause signals to travel down the cell's axon. Balanced movements and even hearing involved similar hair cells. Temperature. Sensitive neurons respond to heat and cold. Taste and smell receptors respond to environmental molecules in the same way that other neurons respond to neurotransmitters. And the neurons of the retina, you guys know where that's at? Okay, I hope so. It's right up here in your eyes, okay? The neurons of the retina respond to the presence of light or the specific frequency of ranges of light we perceive as color. You're wondering why I'm saying all this. But we're going to get to seeing things differently. We respond, he said, to light, ranges of light. We perceive it as color. But perception is more than just passive 
reception of information. Perception is an active process. Everybody say active process. I think it's starting to make sense for you right now. Touch, for example, requires movement. Something that nowadays we call scanning. Touch includes information about you. Your muscles, joints, and other things. As well as about what you are touching. We can say the same about hearing. We should really call it listening. The sound itself is intrinsically moving, of course. It is constantly changing. If it didn't, we would stop hearing it. If there wasn't movement, you wouldn't hear anything. So movement is involved, he said. And and he's going on to how sensitive all of this is. He goes on and he says, at the same and the same is true about vision. Something we consider touch requires movement. To hear requires movement. He's going on explaining and he's saying vision. This is true about vision. Vision involves constant moving. You can't say I have vision about my tomorrow. I have vision about my family. I have vision about my job. I have vision about revival. I have vision about the future and not do anything. Vision, just like hearing and touching, requires movement. So churches that just say, we're going to have revival. I have a vision of revival. And do nothing, we'll never have revival. People that say, my marriage is going to be better. I have a vision about my marriage. I have a vision about my finance. I have a vision about... And do nothing, have doomed themselves to die outside of the gate. Your marriage is going to get better? Then you have to start moving and working on it. Your finances are going to get better? You have to start working and making better decisions. You cannot just say, I have this divine vision from God. We're going to go to Denver and we're going to get us a house and we're going to sit there until He gives us that church. God would have said to us seven years ago, surely you're not as stupid as you're talking right now. So so this doctor is telling us that for vision, for us to see, movement has to transpire. And I'm going to go on and I'll only be a couple of more minutes here uh, explaining this. He said vision involves constant movement. Constant movement of our eyes, our head, and our body, or of the things we see, or all of the above. The outer parts of our retina are particularly sensitive to motion. So when something comes into our field of vision, our attention is drawn to it. Even the fact that we have two eyes, binocular vision, is a kind of movement. The two views are singly different. Slightly, excuse me, slightly different. As if we had moved a few inches to the left or the right. If we keep our eyes and the scene we are looking at perfectly still, everything would become white. Right now, if your eyes started moving, stop moving, and I stop moving, and the scene you're looking at is completely still, then all you would see is white. You would see nothing. You understand that? That right now, you don't even realize, but your eyes are moving. And this scene that we're in is moving. 
And if you're not seeing it like that, if everything stops, it goes white. So there's always movement in this. There's always something comes in and, and we pick it up. It's, 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 it's our peripheral vision, something, and we're drawn to it. It has our attention. And he's talking about all of this and, and I hope it's making sense for you. He, he goes on and he said this, we should also keep in mind that perception is not something done with the eyes or the ears or any specific sense organ. It is a multi-sensory, full-bodied thing. And I love this. A one-year-old child standing on the floor of a room will fall down if the walls of that room are slightly and suddenly moved forward a few inches, although nothing touches him. You could take a one-year-old child that, that hasn't been conditioned to respond in any way, put them in a room, stand them on the floor, and suddenly move all the walls of that room. And move it ever so slightly. Not crowded in on the child, not knock the child over, not overwhelm the child. Just simply move everything he's in, or her, slightly, a few inches, and the child will fall. Because perception is about all of the senses. It's, something just happened. See, this is what I'm trying to get you to in faith. And we've been talking in medical terms here. But in faith, something can shift so quickly that it changes the whole dynamic of where you are. It changes the whole dynamic of what you've been going through. It changes everything that you've been accustomed to. Just like that in faith. God says to Abraham, Abraham, lift up your eyes and start looking right now around you. I want to give you this land. Get up and start walking in it because not only will it be yours, but it will be your seeds after you. If you see it, Start walking toward it. I've seen so many people that God gives them the potential of something phenomenal in their tomorrow. And it's the hardest thing to do as a pastor to get people to lift their eyes of faith and start seeing what God has promised them. And at the moment they begin to see it, to actually get up and start walking toward it. But those that do, those that rise up, those that start walking toward it, you see favor come on them. You see blessings come on them. And people say, well, Pastor, I saw so-and-so, and how'd they do that? All I can tell you is they started seeing something in the Spirit. And when they started seeing it in the Spirit, they decided, I'm not staying where I've been. And they get up and start walking toward it. They get up and start moving toward it. This isn't something that you can just set back in and say, it'll all take care of itself, and I'll end up where God wants me to be. It'll never happen. Let's stand together. If you see it, walk toward it.